two, one. Right, episode four. Here with my bestie, Benedict again with uh, very, very long hair at the minute, mate. What are you doing here? That's what I've got to deal with. I like that, yeah, that's a good look. So I've travelled over to Sunk Island today. Um, it's been a while since we've been caught up. New baby boy, Benny, just met him. Young Benny. How are you coping with it all? It's like shilling peas. Is it? No. Has it been different? It's, diff- it's difficult because Molly's at an age now where she's... Um, high maintenance, really. Yeah. Where, where you've got to be on your toes... You turn your back and she's in here tipping dog's bowl out or she's pulling stuff off bookshelf or whatever, so... I see when she runs around here, it gives me anxiety. <coughs> yeah. She's getting close, close to... to yeah, this. yeah, she is, yeah. And the TV one in there now, if she's down underneath that, she's banging red and stuff, so... Yeah. That's the difficult part, balancing both, keeping your eye on both, so it's full on. All day, every day, it's full on. I'd, uh, I wouldn't like to be a single parent with two kids under two. I think it'd be difficult. difficult. And I think it'd be difficult for Claire if if I worked like a proper job where I were out from, you know, whatever, seven in the morning till five, six at night. I think it'd be difficult for Claire. Uh, but we're fortunate we're, we're in this position where we are. I'm on furlough and doing other bits and pieces and Claire's on maternity, so it's good. I pre-warned not to discuss the COVID situation. I know you've got a little bit behind it. Are you? Uh, we had a little chat then regarding... Work is that is that a fear at the minute? I think a lot of people. Are in, I, even I felt a little bit of anxiety. Are the are the clients going to stay? What's the likelihood of things being shut down again? Are you are you feeling that that pressure? Obviously now I'm in a different position to you. I I have no family or real massive responsibilities other than a house and things like that. Do you do you feel that pressure as a as a bloke to sort of like right what what is the What's going to happen? I probably don't feel it as much as what I I would have if I weren't doing other stuff. But because I've got other bits and pieces, I'm I'm not as I, I'm worried because I do care about the role I've got with with Hulk AR, but I don't think or I don't know how that's going to pan out. So I don't know if it's going to be made part time or less pay or. I spoke to a lot of people. I don't know what your view on it. I'm sure you can wade in that the game as a whole, rugby league as a has always been a big part of your life is can the game get through this and come out on the other side equally as strong what's I watched uh, an interview with Adam Pearson all FC owner the other day it was only a two minute clip and he was spot on what he said he said well if they're going to ban uh, if they're going to ban stadium supporters coming to stadiums until March then rugby league fans or certainly few of them are going to be willing to buy season tickets because they're not it's not definite that it's going to come back in March. Mm. It's just that's the that's the new that's the new uh, date that they're giving that March when people can start going back into stadiums. So if clubs aren't getting season ticket money in before Christmas, and there's no Sky deal being negotiated yet for next year, where's the where's the revenue coming from? What are they doing at the minute? So can you give any sort? Are they are they trying to raise sponsorship? Are they trying to to get people to to buy in? What's all I know from a from the game as a whole is the RFL have got a government loan. Uh, it's not a grant; it's a loan, and I believe it was somewhere around sixteen million. But if that's got to be divvied out over, well, you've got twelve Super League teams or eleven Super League teams. I don't even know if Toronto would get a piece of that because what's that? You know, so there's all that drama going on as well. But then there's 
the championship clubs, so you've probably got another between 20 and 30 clubs down there as well. So you're looking at, what, 40 professional clubs, majority semi-pro, and they've got to try and divvy out 16 million between all them clubs. So how far that's going to go, how far it's going to get divvied out, we, d we just don't know really. And it is alarming, mate. It's, it's pretty scary. I feel, I feel more... Uh, anxious for the kids if if I'm going to feel anxious about anything because kids that, that the kids well the ki yeah just the kids coming through and where's the sport going to be because some of them don't forget the ones that I've been coaching it's been their I suppose it's their dream to go on and be a professional rugby player but what direction is the sport going in mm. that's the that's the fear for me for them kids who because they want the group that I've got, I see how, how much it means to, to them. Switch up a little bit. As we were driving in then, we uh, I saw the the sign for Wivensey and brought back a few memories from the the 100 miler. Well, the last time I took a trip up here, you'd, you'd just, you'd had a go at the 100 mile. And uh, have you got any more ideas in place? I know we had a chat about the, the David Goggins challenge. You, you were mentioning something there about an 80 miler. What's... What's going for your head at the minute well, with the these physical feats? The Goggins one looks great, and I've seen... I listened to him talk about that when I first listened to his audio book, which was probably over 12 months ago, maybe maybe longer. Um, and I thought, I, I thought I considered it then, but at the time, I weren't as mentally... Um, I weren't looking for challenges mentally or physically as much as what I am now, so... I think that's a great one, and I've seen I've seen people do it. Uh, I know Jamie Peacock did it, and he said that it was one of the hardest things that he's had to do. But then um, after we did three peaks, which were what was that in relation to the three the peaks? Were just completely what? different. Yeah, just different, di different, uh, um, different pain. Different, just a totally different challenge, really. So what was that one? What three what? peaks? So there's however much elevation there is, I don't know off the top of my head how much elevation there is, but it's about a 26, <coughs> 25, 26 mile route, but you climb up three peaks. And did you set yourself a time for that? No, no, there were 14 of us went, and we did the first one together, uh, Penny Ghent, it's called the first one, we all did that together, but some of us got to the top before others, and then when we got down to the bottom of that one, I just spoke to a few up boys, and I just said, look, I fancy having a crack at these last two, does anybody... Fancy it. I went to, I trained with Watson the other day at Chaos Training. Is he called Jamie? The cast conditioner. Anyway, the, the, the train in there, and I was telling him about what you did. A couple of boys in there, and I was saying, yeah, he did it. He says, what sort of you know, what sort of preparation did he do? I went, well. Not much. Not, not, <laughs> not a great deal. And he, I went, did he get through it? I went, he got through it, but I says, I always remember when we got to Hornsey. Hornsey. You know, it were your body almost. And he was saying, is it called rabbit? Rabbitosis, or just there's something in the where your muscle starts basically just I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna butcher it. Well, I couldn't talk. What's, it, what's could it called? I don't know. Mixing anyway, mitosis. Mix no, that's the rabbit in it. <laughs> what, what, did he, what did he tell me? Anyway, there's something where the protein you st he says, I got that, and that's why you were divering, that's why you were slurring me words. Yeah, because it was just that that was the only point in the in the hundred mile there where I looked and I'm like, oof. That was probably probably the only point where I felt. A bit like that as well, really. Mm. It was getting going. If you remember, you came with me after that bit, didn't you? I did 10 miles, mate. Yeah, you did 10K. Or 10K. <laughs> but after that, if you remember, it took me a while to get moving, didn't it? Mm. And that was, a, that was always a tough part. After I'd stopped, we were getting moving again. But once I got moving, then it, <coughs> it were all right. But then 
next day getting up were, were tough. What do you think it is then? You mentioned Jamie Peacock. Why? Do you think it's because you've played high-level sport, competitive environment, you, you, you're testing yourself in training every day and then obviously building to a game every week? You know, why? why put, I always think we you, why put yourself in that in those spots? Mm. Why, why are these high-level athletes, why are they then, once the, the, the career's almost come to an end, um, why do some of them go into these big physical feats? You see with Scully, yourself, yeah. Peacock, they, they all seem to really find a way to almost punish yourself a little bit to see if you can, is it, have you ever thought about that or, or, or tried well, to figure my, it out? My, my own theory on it is, speaking from my own point of view, is that rugby league's a game where you're, you're kind of testing your masculinity every week and um, there's probably an ego thing there as well where you want to be you want to be tougher and you want to be <clears throat> it's just one of them things in it where I think it's built into a lot of a lot of men in particular I'm not saying it's not built into women but it's like a masculinity thing in it I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna try and smash you you know what I mean it's just like that that, that kind of thing so when you come to end of your career for me I were like well where am I going to get that competitiveness? Where am I going to get that um, that kick? Did you need where that as more of a, a mental release, or do you think that's more of a physical bit of both, release? Bit of both. I, I reckon. Like now, I train. I train at least four times a week. Sometimes it might be seven. I don't have a set training schedule or even a set training plan. I just like to go in the gym and just. I I can. I'm probably one of them few people who I can go into the gym, and I can really beast myself. Because I just like it, and I don't know if it's that comes from the rugby league thing of having that sense of accomplishment, um, a release from you know you talk about people talk about a release, a release of what? So for me, it's just like releasing some energy, if anything. Even though at times I've, I've gone to the gym in recent weeks, in particular with young and where I've maybe not had the energy, but I've still felt the need to to go and get me fix. Um, you still doing running? I've not done as much. I, I do odd five, ten k. I did an eighteen k other day. Um, but I like it's like I've gone off boil a bit with running. But if I've got that uh, eighty miler coming up, I probably should be doing some more practice. Explain running. that to me then. So what's what? so that's that's called the hard. Are you sure? I remember hard moments. Can that be? Can we film that? Could do yeah if I do it. Are you? Are you, are you, are you talking? I'm, I'm, I'm talking myself out of it a minute. That's my my mindset. A minute is. I can't get myself up for it like the 100 mile thing as soon as I mentioned it I was just up for it mm. even though it were only like a do you think part like of you knows four or five just the pain it? you've got to go through for 8 miles maybe, maybe a bit of that and maybe a bit of it's going to be end of November Freezing. <laughs> it's going to be colder yeah. and wetter can mm. I be asked? do I need so that's the shit that's going around my head at the minute but one thing I preach about is if you say you're going to do something go and do it mm. and I did say I was going to do it so if I don't, if I don't go and do it, then I've been talking shit, haven't I? So I'm talking myself back into it. Now. <laughs> Are you going to do that alone? Is, is no, no. There's a the, that's a race, so that is a race. Well, that'd be good. There's Com a bit more yeah, competitive yeah. to there's it. A, there's an entry fee to to do the race, but the week after, them 14 boys who I did three peaks with, they're talking about walking it or or getting through it the week after. Um, so there's that option there if I just want to go and do it a bit more relaxed. Mm go and do it with a group and maybe have a bit of banter along the way or do I want to go and do it seriously 
and really put myself through it. So I decided yet, yeah, mate. I suppose it will. My mood will change around that when I've had a good night's sleep and a bad night's sleep. What, does, what does Claire think when you're chucking these challenges out all the time? You know what she came out with me when, when I told her about this 80 mile she was just like, are you fuck, joking? What the wrong with you? No, I, no <laughs> but then this it gets better. I was like, what do you mean? She says, well, that's a bit of a come down from under. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, you know? But it's not, <coughs> it's not normally like her to come out with something like that. I think I, I was expecting her to say, what are you doing something like that stupid again for? But then she said it's a bit of a backward step. But I don't think it is because the route we did from round here to Scarborough uh, to um, Brid, it was pretty flat. Mm. There weren't much elevation at all in that. And this one uh, from Hesel to Filey, it goes across the walls and I think there's about two and a half kilometres of elevation throughout it. So it'll be a different, it'll just be a different, all different animal really. I looked at some at times from last couple of years and I think one at best times were about 16 hours. Um, but if you, if you, to get in the top 40, you had to done it under 20 hours. <coughs> so top 40 people that did it, did it under 20 hours and I'm breaking it down in my head. Well, you know, went to Brid, that took 25 hours, that was 100 miles. So I'm talking myself into it that way. But like I, yeah, but, but like I said, there's two and a half thousand, uh, yeah, 2,500 metres of elevation in the 80 miler so it's uh, I would say it'll probably be harder than 100 mm. and if it's going to be wet and a bit muddy because there's a bit of off-roading and stuff like that as well I reckon if you get it done in 24 hours you've done well talk about the for people who don't know much about it talk through the sort of that 25 hours there when you you did set off here probably what were it three four in the morning and, and two set off at two dinner two in the morning and what is going through your head Setting off, I think we're, we're fine to sort of like try and dig into the emotion that's going through you. One thing that I remember with you is when um, you did the the marathon. There's almost like I've never physically pushed myself to those sort of you know dark places. I remember when you did the the marathon, they were almost like a in an emotional dump when you finished. Mm. What was uh, what was going through your head during that 25 hours when you know I remember when we got to it'd have been Scarborough and you're just doing those laps around the, you know, the same sort of thing. What, what's, what's going through your head there? Like uh, mentally and are you, are you, are you, what sort of self-talk's happening? At the back end, at the back, the beginning bit of it was sound. The only thing that rattled me at the beginning was, even though I went to bed early, excuse me, even though I went to bed early, I still didn't really get my head down until probably 10 o'clock. So I only had about four hours kip. Mm. So I got up in the morning, I was a bit, gonna be tough but then I got moving and I did first 50k round here and I did a pit stop back here before we before we kicked on again and I felt good then um and then I felt pretty good uh just be, we met you just Withensy. before yeah we met you just before with us can you remember yeah that was like in that little lay by like, there with yeah, Steve yeah. Were in a bad way so Steve were in a bad way there but I I'd prior to that I'd just gone through a bit of a bad patch where I was like oh, it's tough and then I come out of it so we got there and I were in good spirits there and Steve won't so there's a bit of that all the way through, uh, up and down in terms of your emotions and your mentality. But then when I got to Brid, like there were times where I was thinking, I might just quit. I've done, I've done 95. So you're tell, telling yourself then mentally, oh, I've done enough. Yeah, nobody's going to know what. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's okay. what you're like telling yourself. That. So that's where the real battle comes in then, where it's like, 
beating them thoughts out of yourself. So part of me is saying, look, even if it, even if I'm only walking at two mile an hour, I've got to finish this. Mm. When there's like five mile left. And then there's another part thinking, oh, fuck it. Because I stopped when, you know, when... Um, uh, Rents and uh, Vinnie came with me yeah, for the last in bit. That, in that little car section there. Yeah, yeah. So when they came, I thought, yes, this is going to kick me on. But they'll tell you that, like, the amount of times I said, I'm just going to sit on this wall for a minute. So I'd, I'd, I'd be, and the pace was r- ridiculously slow then. So I'd have to stop and just sit on a wall for a bit. And then it would that struggle then and getting moving again. And then Steve came on bike. I remember that, yeah. And I'm like, you fucking rocked up on bike for? I'm here like in shit state. You've come on bike. I could probably, and then I'm thinking to myself, I might just get on bike. Who's going to know? So yeah. you're having that conversation yeah, with all yourself. These yeah, and then, and then you're saying, no, you're not fucking stop being soft. So I'm a bit pissed off with Steve for coming. <laughs> it was just mad. It was mad. And I, I say I, I won't do it again. But then I don't know. When I look back, now I'm talking. I'm getting excited now because I'm talking about it and I like thinking about what I completed. That excites me, but then <clears throat> when I'm when I'm just in a normal state and I'm not overly thinking about it, I'm sometimes like, "What the fuck did I do that for?" Mm. So, but so much to talk about to Molly and Benny in it mm. in a few years. Rewind it a little bit. So you posted a quite a soppy Facebook post over there. I can't remember what it said, but you had a picture. I think it was you and Molly there. Rewind it back, sort of like, how old are you now? Disclose that on here. Thirty-seven. When did you start your rugby career? So when we're sort of like my first year we're at Doncaster, I was, uh, it was two thousand and five. So I were I were twenty one, turning twenty two in the July of two thousand and five. Would you have expected to be here at this age? Would you like? Is is this the picture you painted for yourself? Do you did you see it turning out like this? And well, no. When I were at Doncaster, when I were at Doncaster, it, I, I was still um, well. I was I were a lad until I were about fucking 28, really. But when I were at Doncaster, I were in my prime madness. In fact, the, when I were at Doncaster, I used to have to get picked up by Andy Hay because I were banned from driving at the time. When you say madness, what do you mean by that? Well, like, just living for living for weekend and getting pissed up and <clears throat> not thinking, you know, twice about going all through at night and then going home at 8, 9 in the morning and getting back to the pub for 11. Uh, that kind of mentality, really, and um, I, ne- I never really thought playing at Doncaster would have led on to to where it did. But were there yeah, ever a, a sticky spot where you thought, "Shit, I've got," a, I don't know. Were, were they ever, were they ever a a tipping point for you? And obviously, you found business a little bit, and you probably say that a little bit. You've you know, you, f- you found a wife and stuff like this. Is is there a spot where you have that internal dialogue for yourself? I think a lot of people now, um, especially these current circumstances, you know, will be will be struggling or mm. struggling to find a break. Did you ever have that sort of moment, or were it sort of just like? Yeah, that moment for me was when um, when I left OKR in two thousand and eleven, because I didn't know I was I was genuinely then I was like, fuck, I've balls up big time here. That was a that was a big, I suppose in my life that was a big light bulb moment. Was well, that the court? That was the court stuff, wasn't it? No, no, that was the car. The car. That was the car. Can yeah. you disclose that story? Well, I can do, but it upsets fucking just, just, big just, mate. Just, big just, dude, just, just, just leave names out. Yeah, just. We don't need to talk about that. So, were, so you, there were a serious incident with the police. Oh yeah, there were a, there were a police car chase, 
but nobody got criminal charges pressed against them and nobody got injured. That's mm. So, um, and what age were you there? Uh, I would have been eleven. I would have been twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. I would have been twenty-eight. Yeah. So probably in the prime of my career, just making bad decisions. But I said so. Uh, do you put? Just sorry to interrupt. Do you? The bad decisions are they stemming from, from from alcohol? Are they stemming from needing a release? What what's facilitating you making that bad decision? Is it is it your, your mindset? Is it the people you're around? Is it drink? What what what's you the one? It's to some degree you can always blame your surroundings, and uh, and I say this all the time now. You're a product of your environment. Um, and you, you know, you're the the average of the five people you spend most time with, and all that stuff. So, at the t- at the time, I was um, just care, just careless, a little bit careless and reckless. Uh, not really, not really. I didn't really have any direction outside of sport. Um, so that was probably. That was probably where I were at at that time, but that was that was the moment for me. After that, when I left OKR, that was the like, oh shit, nobody's gonna take me. Nobody's gonna take me on now. So I was really worried then. That's when I did all my personal training stuff, um, and I and I didn't really expect. <coughs> I didn't really expect to get a chance anywhere in Super League, but then obviously I got a crack with with uh, Wakefield. Richard Agar came to see me. I think it's fortunate, really, that he were he used to be a neighbour, so he knew me as a kid. He knew that I was probably a little bit of a cheeky kid, but I never, never really, a, never really a bad kid. Yes, I'd done some stuff wrong, and I, you know, typical bit of cheek and all that kind of stuff. But I was never really a, a bad person. Um, so he knew me, and and he came around and saw me, and that's um, that was start at journey at Wakefield, and then everything changed for better from then, really. You see much of Richard Agar anymore? I get to speak to him all. Uh, when when we see each other, we have a great chat, and it's just like old mates catching up. But it's not somebody who I speak to on phone uh, regular or anything like that. Um, but he's a really good bloke. He played a big part in my career, really, mate. In, in particularly in transforming it. Um, you play some good rugby at Wakefield. My best, yeah. my best, yeah, my best. You got the England sort of call yeah, there, didn't you? Yeah, that was just it was great. My whole life changed there. But <coughs> I said to him the other day. Um, in fact, I might have made a video, but I didn't post it for whatever reason. Talking about like how decisions, good or bad, any decision can have the potential to change your whole. Yeah, I suppose that life. Talk, that's what yeah, to talk the, about. the entire course yeah. of your life. Well, I, d- I did a post about it, but then I made, I a, made video. a video. But I never, I never posted the video. But the contents of the video were just that me making a bad decision in two thousand and eleven. If I didn't make that bad decision, I won't be. I won't probably won't be sat here now. Is that you know what I mean? Mm. When, when, when I think occasionally, I think deep like that. And if I didn't make that decision, then I maybe wouldn't. Have, well, I would have never left Hull KR. Not at that point, but I might have ended up leaving further down line anyway. And if I did leave further down line, then I, I would have never met Claire. Yeah. So that happening, although it were at the time, it were a bad decision. I I look at it now as yes it would have, I made a bad decision and uh, just getting in the car and and behaving in that way but if I didn't make it would I be here now in mm. this in the, what in this position right now sat at this table because probably wouldn't because I might not have met you mm. 
because if you think about that, it weren't until the, the January of 2012 or February, something like that, when you first sent me an email, uh, a Facebook um, yeah. message. And then on back of that, we went on and did what we did with uh, with Herbalife. And so you think, when you think about stuff like that, that that's how I think now. I think, well, yeah, even though I made a bad decision and that it was totally stupid, it was totally stupid what we did. But it's fucking put us in this position where we are now. Mm. Character building as well, isn't it? It's like yeah, yeah. So, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not like, oh yeah, fate. I believe in fate, and I've never really been one for that. But when, when I think about stuff like that, then I think, oh, what about Molly and Benny? Might not have been here. Mm. Well, they wouldn't have been. No, they wouldn't have been. So, any, any decision you make has got the potential to change the entire course of your life. Even like a decision, like I don't know, fucking. You could say like you driving over here today, something might have happened. Up. Th- things like that. I think a bit more like that now. Mm. I don't know if that's just mature or because of my own personal experiences through through life. Why I, why I think a bit more like that. Do you think fatherhood's changed for the better? Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably. M- I think I've I think I've um, I've mellowed out a lot over years anyway. Over the last probably five. Five to ten years, I've I've definitely mellowed out a bit anyway. But having kids has done the same for probably took that to a new level, softened me up a bit more. Do you f- I think one thing I've found for me um, is I've just got a little bit. I'm better. I'm not great. I've got more empathy now. As I've got a little bit older, I just f- I don't know. I'm I'm more thinking sometimes for others versus just being completely normally selfish. Mm. I'm still working on it, but that seems to be the thing that I've. Your dynamic's different to mine, but one thing I have realised for me is just that. I do feel that's an emotion that I've learned. Yeah. I think when you when you become a parent, that, that that's just a natural occurrence anyway. Mm. Because you've got dependence then. Whereas even if, you, even if you're married with no children or you've got a, uh, another half with no real commitment, you're still solo really. So it would be easy not to think about too much about anybody else or anything else mm. um, but I think that's part of growing up anyway naturally as you get older you think more I'm just telling you about the way I think now and stuff that goes through my head I would have never thought like that when I was 20, 22 that's what I say to you all the time don't I have a little bit of patience in the process he's 22 obviously he forces yeah. he's, he's, he's passionate he wants to you know make things happen you can easily sort of try and force things too, you know, too much. And sometimes just things just take time. Mm. You've got to let it evolve, let it, you know, manifest the way it's supposed to be. And I think if you follow the, the gut and follow the, I'm big believer in that minute, me. Just like yeah, but you can, I, I think you can always set yourself up as well by um, purposely doing certain things or purposely being around certain people or you can manipulate the way you want your life to go, I suppose, to some degree. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it for me is like the, just like you, what you're consuming, mm. i.e. the people you listen to, the content, yeah, the books, that, the, yeah, yeah. the audio stuff, yeah. Listen, what you're listening to, what you're reading. Um, I think what's important, and I always think this is, is what's the subtle way. You know, a lot of people that that watch your content probably can relate to you. Mm. I was just listening to you there. You know, when you you mentioned Bob Proctor, even though his contents, you know, the he's probably one of the best in 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 what he does. I think you've also, un- unless you're really into that world, you've got to find someone who, initially for that first sort of introduction to personal development, they've got to sort of be able to relate. 
So I always think you've got the potential to do, you know, where your content is, I can relate to this person, he's, he's saying the right things, I'm willing to listen. Mm. I think a lot of younger people, especially me, I've been falling back into going out a little bit on a weekend and partying. You just listen to the, there's nothing wrong with this, but the conversations these people are having, um, you know, it's just not always congruent. I, I do, f I've fallen back into that, but they, they just don't know any different. Yeah. And it's, you've got to like sort of, so I think people idolize sporting people because yeah. it sort of like, like can relate to them and whether it's MMA people or whatever, but trying to get someone who's into personal development who people can relate to, I think there's something in that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how, how, and who that is. Everyone relates to different people. I think what I'm trying to get at is what made, you know, that spark there. Do you, do you think if it weren't for business, you would have ever gotten into personal development? Because I don't think I would have. I, I, I probably wouldn't have known about it. Yeah, if I wouldn't have been pushed into network marketing just more because I just wanted, I needed and wanted money, I probably wouldn't have ever, oh God, people think like this mm -hmm. or people do this and there's, 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 there's this to read and this person. And I can remember... I can remember the first um, the first time I got uh, pointed towards Jim Rowe and stuff, mm. and and I was like, it's, it's a bit weird, mm. a bit weird listening to this, and <coughs> and I'm sure people who have never done it before, I've sent I've sent YouTube clips and stuff to people that uh, become part of what we do now, and if they've never experienced that, they've been used to being like Ben Wolf back in yeah. two th early 2000s, 2005, six that area, they're going to, some people might be like, what the? Yeah, you're you're immediately, that's what I'm trying to get at prior, you're like immediately shut off to it. Yeah. You're not open to it, at least even listen to what he's saying. Yeah, but why is that? Because you're a product of your environment. Mm. And and, and <clears throat> my environment growing up was just typical town environment. Loved it, by the way. Absolutely loved it. Mm. But I was never exposed to anything like that until until I'd made a bad decision and then I had to do my personal training course then I found business so if that didn't happen if if the, if I didn't have to if I didn't make that bad decision I would have maybe never even found my way into this whole personal development stuff I was telling a funny story the other day I don't know if you remember the you won I can't remember how quick it was into the Herbalife business but you won the Audi yeah and uh, I think I'm sure we're at Birmingham where you walk the stage in your shorts and cap you remember that yeah, didn't go down well that way, big wigs. See, I were always a black that, sheep. Yeah, but that, that I just remember thinking there, I'm like, this guy's, this guy's good. This guy's, you just. So you're obviously there. That's been the top achiever in the whole of the UK. Yeah. Um, and you walked the stage, and I'm sure they were like checkedy. They weren't even good shorts. Been like cargo yeah, shorts. I'm sure they were checkedy, like them ones with like the little, you know, frill offs yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, and whatever you were wearing top wise, and then just a cap on my. Like, yeah. But I've, I've never, I've never tried to be. I have, you know what? Ju over my time in business, because I've listened to certain people, yeah. I have maybe at times gone down route trying to be or dress like somebody who I'm really not. Mm. Whereas you take right back to that, that was probably in the first six months of being involved in herbal life, and um, I was just me. Yeah. And but I, but again, I, I got to that. I got to. That happened because I will be me. And the fact that somebody, you know, we don't have to start talking names, but somebody somebody said the, the, the word came back to me, oh, next time you're going to be on stage, can you make sure you've got something a bit more presentable on? I'm like, who the fuck are these talking to? 
but then I got you know I got to I I got the gist of it a little bit you know you want play the game a little play bit. the game a little bit to some degree, um so I, I probably at times I probably went down a path where I did look a lot smarter, uh, particularly if I was presenting in front of a room and stuff like that, which is obviously the thing to do. But I think f- for 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 like true success, you've got it's just got you've just got to be yourself. Mm. A lady who I did some business with when we were in a wine business before it went Pete Tong, she um she was like a big religious lady. Uh she wasn't even a wine drinker as it was. So when you talk about ethics and morals and she's promoting a wine business. But anyway, she but one thing she always used to say, what stuck with me is your vibe will attract your tribe. <coughs> and I think that's important because if you if you're portraying to be somebody that you're really not, you're gonna attract people that and I think there's there's not much longevity in that. You can only keep that up for so long. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose it's, it is, it's just being false, isn't it, really? Um, and I get that people want to evolve and people do want to become that person that they see dressed in, you know, the smart suits or whatever, however it is. But, like, shit, Claire says to me all the time, why are you always wearing shorts? It's getting cold now, like, you get some... We went out shopping the other day, I went out in shorts and I was going to put my big coat on. She said, but that just don't make sense. You've got your big coat and your shorts on. You like pick a season. I'm like, well, that's just what I want to wear. That's just me. <laughs> so, have you worn those um, those sliders, flip flops that um, your friend Tomo brought? Us. Yeah, they're, they're knocking about somewhere. They're a bit tight, if I'm honest. Are they? Probably half a size too small. You were an interesting man. He's a great lad. But you look at Tomo, and that's what I love about him. He's as successful as he is with his big, you know, global business. And you would not if you saw him walk into that restaurant where you sat in and you didn't know him, mm. you wouldn't, and somebody said to you, oh, by the way, that's him that owns that, you know, company. You'd be like... Yeah, behave. Yeah. Because yeah. he's just himself, unique. Um, <clears throat> there's a time and a place for dressing up and all that kind of stuff, I get that, but I think from the point of view of what we're talking about now, I think being yourself is the most attractive thing because people that like you are going to be drawn to you. People that don't, won't. And that's it. And there's no, there's no, got, there's no fake be, shit going yeah, on. Yeah, I think you've got to be okay with that as well. There's, yeah. There's, a, there's, there's enough people out there to, to create some form of following whatever you're doing, just to change it up a little bit, change gears. We walked in there, and obviously you're doing back-to-back meetings. You, mm. you're working from home quite a lot at the minute. Um, where's your head with that? Don't have to be specific with the business stuff like that. What is the, sort of the plan this ne- next eighteen months? I know we, I think we've briefly already mentioned the. The potential or likelihood for for being furloughed, we, we are furloughed. Sorry, or yeah. you know, some form of redundancy, or you know, fear of longevity. What what is the ideal situation for you at the minute? What what do you want to get out of it? I think we one thing that I've really loved about this whole situation is being present for family stuff, and having Molly, who was going through an age now where she's just pick, she could walk in here, she could hear some words, and they'd be repeated later on today at some point. Mm. She's soaking it up. Yeah, yeah, she's soaking it all up. So I've, like, through all this, she's gone from, like, being 18 months old to almost two years old, and that has just been a, an amazing time, whereas if I, were, if I were at work, which is a job that I do love, I would have been at work from one or two in the afternoon, and I would have been home at maybe eight, nine o'clock at night. Wouldn't have seen Molly. Wouldn't have been able to put her down for bed. Wouldn't have been able to see her opening a books and talk, like naming stuff and making noises of certain animals, you know, all that good stuff. I would have missed out on a lot of that. Mm. 
So I think <clears throat> one thing that's really driving me with, with the online business is that if, if I could live that lifestyle and be present for family and kids all the time, that's what really, really drives me to, um, to, to win at that. And it, you know what, it might not pan out. I watch how hard you work though. We're having a discussion in there and one thing I need to and want to help with is if you can take that enthusiasm now and, and I know we've talked about it time and time again and I need to do it for you. If you can scale that out with with the right platform with some ads, honestly, mate, you, you're onto an absolute winner. But that's your forte, isn't it? You work so hard now and you've got the, the you've got it all down, I think you can really honestly do some damage if you can just take the work you're doing and just scale it. Yeah. So that conversation you had then with the energy and the enthusiasm that you've got, if you can take that sort of like, let's just say it were 45 minutes of your time, if you can build a funnel now or just a way to get the attention at mass, so 1,000, 4,000, 5,000 people seeing that, I think that's how you'll get, you'll get takeoff because you've, you've, you've ultimately built all the infrastructure and you've, you've got the passion and you've got the ability to want to work. Mm. I think that's the thing that I've seen now with a lot of, you know, younger generation that just don't want to put in that work. You, you've you've always had that work ethic. Mm. You've never shied away from that. I just think if we can figure it out, and, and I don't I don't know the magical answer. You know, if we if I did, I'd be doing it myself. But you've got to find a way to amplify that. I think that is the game of networking now. It's not how we used to do it. Yeah, where we'd have a weekly event. Yeah, yeah. We'd have buy-in every week where people come in and we'd get new starters all the time. I think they're important, though. The w- the, the but the, the, the thing at the minute, ca- you, they can't be done. Can't, yeah, so yeah, it's, just cu- it's just current circumstances. But if you can take that energy and, and that story that you can tell and you can magnify that through you know, advertising, mm. honestly, that, that's got to be the next play for you. I'm surprised Brad hasn't laid a little bit of dough into that. I thought, yeah, I don't know. It's probably it worth all, all of us getting his heads together, really, and having a having a proper like plan of it. Mm. Um, because, like you said, I think particularly now with people working from home and and all this that's going on, people are spending a lot more time looking at the phone. So if we can put something in the face that's going to be mm. appealing to them, um, but that's your. That's your area, not mine. Mm. We're, we're going to start trying to have a punt, right? you know, forever and a day. I've, I'm doing all right at the minute. The I think that's the, 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 the thing for you, mate, is you work, you work hard at what you do mm. and you make good money doing what you're doing that you never get around to doing what you know. Yeah, I should be doing. Yeah, what you know you should be doing. Yeah. Like we're saying with the personal branding stuff, I've been offsetting the, the podcast and the vlogs. We, we made a real interesting video the other day. We went to... Um, it's like quite a morbid subject to discuss suicide or the, my dad, but we made, uh, we, we spent all last Wednesday sort of filming that and we got me grounded up for a little bit of an interview and oh, nice. just, just, I think you take it for granted sometimes that you don't always dive into conversations with people and I've probably, for as, you know, the 31 years I've known my granddad, I've, you know, I've never really dived deep into a conversation with him. But we set up a sort what of... What about that specific subject but, you mean? But even like in, in general, general, it's like why I like these these podcasts and why I want to get better at them. It's like you have to tune in for, you know, we've been speaking for 40 minutes now. You have to tune in and have a conversation with people. Mm. And I've probably never done that with my granddad, especially about that matter. Yeah. And, and, and some of the things that, he, you know, he came out with and discussed and you could see him, it weren't nice, but you could see you were physically, um, it was uncovering a lot of, that day and it would uncover the scars there because you know for that man there it must have been 
you know, it's massive. Yeah. And uh, you could, couldn't you see? You could see him. him, him it, he almost shook his hands and just shot out the the big Walsh. Honestly, yeah. like, but because I told him that that the time when he came to the door, I always remember that was the only time that I've I saw him as like Hercules to me, my big strong bloke. I yeah. like looked to him too as a kid. And it was the only time I'd ever seen him come to the door physically rattled by, you know, obviously what he had to tell me. Yeah. And you could see it sort of uncovering all that. So we're working hard on making that little piece of content at the minute. Fingers crossed that'll come out all right. I don't want to make it too morbid. I want to sort of like be able to, you know, tell the story, but bring it into some form of positive like yeah. that. But That'd be an interesting well, one. Well, uh, especially at the minute, I, just, I wonder how many people right now uh, are just struggling out there, me. Yeah. Mate, they'll be loud. Because a lot of people, I I did it. Even I found myself drinking more. Just I needed. I I almost even though I bet you you, you'll joke. It's not like I go on holiday all the time or book any you know significant (laughs) trip. But I felt like I was getting like cabin fever. Yeah. Just because they told me I couldn't travel or do certain things, it it gave me this sort of fucking hell. I don't know. Yeah. And I start, I started drinking more, started partying more. I don't know if it's like I got a 22 year old housemate and we we're getting probably, stuck in, probably but part of it, probably, yeah. <laughs> probably <laughs> leading part. me straight, probably your <laughs> environment. Yeah, no, I, I, I was the one that probably led him down. Poor Steve, uh, trying to tell him to get on the right path, and you're yeah. leading him down to fucking. No, we, 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 we've come full circle now, but I think what I'm trying to get at there is that you're going to see. I don't want to dive into the pandemic because I know you've got some some strong views on it, but it's gonna. The next six months, pandemics usually last twelve months. We're going to tell me this, so March would be the the the, the likely outcome if 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 all goes to plan. What is going to be the? There's going to be a lot of um, destruction in 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 the rear view mirror for people who've just not tried to adapt through it, tried to learn through it, or or do any work through it other than just you know get fucked yeah. up, which is has been seen when we've gone out because it's been busy when we've gone out. People are. It's easy to say that the you know the young ones want to pie and the, and they do want to do that. There's, I just don't, I just don't see how this this gets fixed. I don't see how it pans out. I'm not smart enough to even begin to understand it. I'm not. There's just no. There's just no. Um, I can't get me around what what's the end game. Yeah. What what are they eventually going to say? Right, that's it now. Pandemic's over. Back to normal. Or wh- I just can't fucking get me around it, mate. To be honest, considering. When you look at numbers and data and stuff like that, the the stats and I don't know. I just think it's bizarre. It could it could go on for ages. Yeah, it could. It could go on for absolutely ages, and I think that's why, if you can see any positive in it, is trying. I don't know. Well, the positive. Try, try and, try and you, you said it there. The, yeah, the positive, positive in your family, or yeah, or try and use the time better than I did. You know, I'm in a fortunate position that I do all right business wise. So. I could, you know, I don't know. I weren't overly motivated to go out and I didn't need any more. Yeah. I always say this. I, I think when, when you, if I were in your position where you, you start having kids and a family, you're probably doing a large percentage of the things for other people. Whereas, I think once you've got enough for yourself, so I'm always thinking in my head like, what's, what is the next play? What's, you know, I've got close friends now who were, who, who were, who were wanting to leave the country. This is how bad it's getting. Mm. You know, they're thinking of emigrating and moving. You've got Sam Holmes, who's out in Australia. You know, even though they're lo- getting locked down there, it's, the lifestyle se- still seems, you know, equally equally uh, as good. Yeah. Whereas over here, I begin to start questioning what is the end game for me. I sometimes don't know that. 
You, I, I think you need to go on a sabbatical, mate. I fucking told where, you this where, time. Where, time, do, time, where yeah. do I go? I mean, it's Scarborough. <laughs> you can get around world, mate, still. So don't use this as an excuse because I've been telling you for probably a few years to get this in off and, and just go and figure stuff out for yourself. Because while you're in, in your own little bubble, you'll never go and figure out what you need to do for you. And mm. you're talking about, oh, what's next move for me? Well, you're not going to find it out that same place. Mm. I think you need to spread your wings a bit, mate. And even if you just took but off for like a month around Europe, plodding along by your and Yeah, but what I always think with that, and I, I, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, you're still coming back, aren't you? Yeah, but what if you might not. Yeah. You might not. Unless you go out exploring, you might not. You, UK will probably be your base. What's Cardone always talk about? Always re- going off on a, a slightly different path here, but he never buys, does he, property? No. Because you're always freedom tied. To freedom to move around. Yeah, yeah. I had the so idea of doing the Airbnb thing, didn't I? I was just like, I'm just going to just... Especially now we're trying to get into this this content creation, you know, meet interesting people, have good conversation, make videos, and just enjoy... I enjoy that art form. Um, Airbnbs could have allowed that point. Because I was speaking to... Um, Oh, I can't believe I'm going to butcher his name now. Who He lives in Cheshire at the minute. You're going to know. Steve Wilson. Steve Wilson. Like, if he's in his country at the minute where he's just moved in with his n- new partner. No. Tennis courts, gyms. Oh, yeah. He's always landed on his feet, him doing these. He's always... He's, Steve's always been good. He's, like, been really good at promoting and selling whatever he's doing, and that'll be no different now. Mm. And and he's always been good. He's always been good, like, he's looked after... Like, he, he knows his stuff, his studies and stuff like that. So whenever he immerses himself in summer, he always gives a good account of himself because he he does exactly that. He gets he gets his teeth into it and makes sure he knows what he's doing. But he said he'd move he would last time I spoke to him was saying like over there it's just like a different Well, he's from Barnsley and he's gone to Cheshire. Mm. So different yeah. Different kind When of I went to see him I went to do a podcast with him probably three years ago and I was trying to get it going and he w- he were like living he were doing that. He did like an electrical therapy on me. I remember now. Like he sent these electrical things through my and, and, and could gauge where I don't know if I believe this or not where things were wrong, wrong, and the mm. frequencies and, and trying all this mad shit out on me. Um, but he's always gone down that road. I think obviously I think he was a he's a cancer survivor. He's had cancer yeah. before, and he'd he'd gone down the fast. I was just I was just more interested in that stuff like you were talking about fasting and and all these supplements. I think he's involved with some form of fish Oil. oils yeah, yeah. and. And stuff like this now, um, but yeah, he's, he just seems to have, he seems to have a nice life over there now. He's inviting me over to sort of see the the pad. Sad. Yeah, go over and have a look. Yeah. So, anything else you want to close up on? We we're coming up to the forty-five minute mark. Nah, mate, that's good. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything else we need to talk about, is it? Done and dusted. <laughs>